God's holy word to the book of 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Our text uh, this morning again is uh, at the end of this section, verses 19 through 22. Uh, Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. We're going to read verses 1 down through verse 24 just to get the context of those verses. Please give careful attention now as we hear God's Word read. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness, so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another. And build one another up just as you are doing. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Thus ends the reading of God's very word. Let's pray. Lord, as your little children, we come now hungry 
And Lord, that you would come by your Spirit and you, Lord Jesus, would take this, the very word of your mouth, and that you would speak it to our hearts. Lord, to revive us, uh, to warm our hearts anew, to love you, uh, to delight in you, to refresh us, Lord, uh, to cause us to be those who, uh, Lord, as we begin a brand new week, do so uh, with our eyes fixed upon you, uh, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before you despised uh, the, the cross and uh, you were willing uh, to give yourself. Uh, you looked to the joy that was set before you. Um, you were willing to endure drinking the cup of wrath uh, so that we might have life and hope in you and so lord we bless you we praise you we love you we thank you O lord uh, that you are the one who captured us you're the one that alone can keep us and so grow us in you now in jesus we pray amen well, in these practical instructions that God gives for us in His uh, Holy Word here in this first letter uh, to the church at Thessalonica, the Apostle Paul is moved by the Holy Spirit to end with this string of these very short, pointed, pithy uh, commands, instructions. You can think of these as marching orders from the king of glory. In light of the fact that he will come again in glory someday, he calls us to action today. Um, we've seen that in the book of 1 Thessalonians, as we see all over in the New Testament and the Old Testament, whenever uh, we have the truth of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, bodily, physically, again to this earth, God's application of that is always get to work today. Sadly, in our day and time, so many people get caught up trying to figure out when Jesus is going to come again. And the Lord tells us in his word uh, that no man knows the day or the hour. That is not what God wants us to get caught up in. What he does want us to be doing in light of that glorious truth that history will end someday and Jesus will come again, he calls us to action today to live for this glorious Savior, to be ready for his coming. Um, in 1 Thessalonians, we see this uh, being spelled out now. Uh, we saw it in chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, and now again in chapter 5. This same thing of Jesus is coming, and therefore we have work to do today. And so we come now 
uh, to uh, uh, the last part of verse 21 and verse 22. And the context is, in verse 19, uh, God warns us not to quench the Spirit. And several weeks ago, we looked at uh, how crucial uh, the presence and the saving work of God the Holy Spirit is. Uh, we see that in the book of Genesis chapter 1, uh, that after God spoke the universe into being, all matter into being, out of nothing by his word of power, it is the Spirit of God that is hovering over this voidless mass, bringing order uh, out of chaos, bringing life where there was no life. And so it is spiritually. And you remember we looked uh, in the book of Ezekiel. Uh, uh, God takes Ezekiel to the valley uh, of the dry bones. And what makes those dry bones alive? Uh, God's spirit comes. The breath of God comes and, and blows upon those dry, dead bones. And as God's word uh, is spoken, the Spirit of God takes His word and makes those dead bones alive. And that's what God describes for us in John chapter 3, Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, unless the Spirit of God comes and takes out your dead heart and gives you a heart that is alive, you can't see you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. As we read in Titus chapter 3, uh, how does a person become a Christian? Uh, the Spirit of God comes and makes us alive. And so, uh, of all the people that we ought to be very careful uh, to welcome, to honor, to take care of, that would be guests in our home. It is this one who alone can give us life and keep us alive, trusting in Jesus. And so God warns us, do not quench the Spirit. Uh, we looked at a number of passages of Scripture about insulting the Spirit, uh, of, of resisting uh, the Spirit, of uh, blaspheming the Spirit. Well, uh, in verse 20 now, uh, one of the chief ways to quench the Spirit is to deny His Word. And so the Lord warns us, do not despise prophecies. And now in our day, God has finished speaking. The Word of God, the Bible, the 66 books of Holy Scripture, when somebody comes and says, I've got a message from God. First uh, John chapter 4 tells us, test the spirits to see whether they are from God. And so we hold uh, whatever uh, anyone would tell us, including our own thinking, including our own opinions, uh, included uh, with whatever anybody else would tell us, and we hold it up to the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures. These 66 books, God's holy, infallible, inerrant word. Is this what God says? And if it is, then we rejoice and we embrace it. But if it is not what 
the Bible says, uh, then we reject it. And so in verse 21, we saw God is calling us then to test everything. We are to be inspectors of truth. Is this true? Is this what God says is right? Is this what God has spoken? Uh, it calls us to be men and women, uh, young people, who immerse ourselves in Holy Scripture, praying over the Word of God, uh, hungering for it. Uh, indeed, uh, God's Word uh, is sweeter to us than honey. God's Word is more valuable to us than gold, a much fine gold. Uh, the Word of God uh, is God's very Word. And we are called upon to test everything. Now we come uh, to the next two phrases. Uh, what are we going to do with our test? You know, it's one thing to run a test. Uh, is this water good water? Okay, you can test your water. It's, it's good or maybe it's not. Well, if you don't act upon the results of the test, you know, why run the test? And so the Lord tells us now what to do with the test results. As we hold our own opinions, as we hold uh, the opinions of others up to the Word of God, the Bible, God says, so here's what you do with your test results. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. God calls upon us to be applying these test results. And so I want us for just a few minutes to think together about what does that look like in our practical everyday lives uh, to be testing everything and take those test results and hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. In... Hebrews chapter 3, we have an example for us recorded of people who did not test what they were thinking by the Word of God. They did not apply the test results. In Hebrews chapter 3, We read in verse 6, But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. 
Therefore I was provoked with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. And so here we have an example given for us of people who didn't test everything by the word of God and they didn't hold fast to what was good and they didn't abstain from every form of evil. And God has recorded this for us as an example. Now we're going to look at other examples of people who are positive examples. And God has recorded for us both positive and negative examples so that we would learn. We would learn to trust and obey Jesus. As the old hymn says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And so here we have the record of the children of Israel. Uh, They have been delivered from bondage in Egypt, Uh, God has brought them now to the edge of the promised land and they send spies, 12 spies, one for each tribe. Ten of the spies say, we'd be nuts to try to go in and take this land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. Um, uh, there was a bunch of grapes that was so big it took two men uh, to carry it. Um, (laughs) It it was an incredible land, but there are giants in the land. And if we try to go in and take this land, uh, they will kill us and take our children and make our children their slaves. Uh, We'll be right back where we started. And so uh, don't uh, uh, go in and try to take the land. But there were two men, Joshua and Caleb. And they said, yes, there are giants in the land, uh, but uh, uh, God will be with us. Uh, He has promised to give us this land. And, And so here were two groups of people. One group 
uh, who were testing things, but not by the word of God. And their result was, it would be crazy for us to try to go in and take the land. But Joshua and Caleb, they tested, uh, uh, should we go in and take the land by the word of God? Uh, God has promised. He has instructed us to do this. And so, uh, by all means, uh, let us do what is right. Uh, they urged the people to hold fast, uh, uh, to heed, to act upon what God said. Uh, the majority, they held sway. And so what happened? Well, they fell in the wilderness. They perished. And just as God had promised, uh, that generation uh, was not permitted to go in and take the land. But for 40 years, uh, God led them in the wilderness until all of the men of war, 20 years old and upward, died. But there were two men, uh, Joshua and Caleb. And uh, one of the thrilling things uh, in the book of Joshua is in chapter 14 where there's one stronghold of the giants left in the land. And this old geezer by the name of Caleb, uh, he steps up and he says, Look, uh, it's been 45 years and I'm just as strong today as I was then. Joshua, let me lead uh, the army on the assault to take the land. Uh, because God has promised uh, to give us that land. And perhaps he will bless me uh, with success. Um, test everything. Hold it up to the yardstick of God's word. And so uh, that's what we want to spend a few minutes uh, thinking about. Uh, first of all, we'll apply this to individuals. Uh, you can think in your own life what we think, what we say, what we're doing. Uh, God wants us to be taking his word and testing everything. And then take those test results if God says what I'm thinking is good, then hold fast to it. If what I'm thinking is not good in God's sight, to abstain from every form of evil. Let's think about movies. Let's think about songs. What are you looking at? What are you filling your mind with? You know, music is, is an incredibly powerful tool. And music can either stir us to good action, good feelings, or stir us to wrongful action. Over in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, the Lord Jesus, he said 
in verse 27, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. The Lord Jesus says we need to be careful what we are thinking, what we're looking at. And we have recorded for us in God's holy word in the book of Job a godly example of a man who tested everything. And what was good, he held fast to, and what was evil in God's sight, he abstained from. Uh, Turn with me in the book of Job, chapter 31. Job, he said in verse 1, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Now, what's he talking about? Well, he, he said, Lord Jesus, my eyes belong to you. And I'm going to use my eyes to please you and honor you. And so I'm only going to look and think in my heart what pleases you. How then, I've made a covenant with my eyes, how then could I gaze at a virgin? Job was a married man. Now, sadly, at this point, Uh, we wouldn't describe him as a happily married man. You remember, Job's wife had counseled him as all of the horrors unfolded in God's providence. Uh, Job's uh, children are all killed in one day. And then Job loses his health, and his loving wife comes alongside him and says what? Why do you hold fast your integrity, curse God, and die? Uh, That's not uh, what a gracious, loving wife is encouraging her husband to do. And yet Job, uh, even in the midst of all of this, he he says, Lord, you know uh, how I, I have lived. How I have sought to please you, my Redeemer, uh, with my eyes. Uh, Job was uh, the wealthiest man uh, in that whole region. He could buy anything he wanted to. Uh, But he said, my eyes belong to you. And so I I want you to just think, uh, over the past few weeks, How have you used your eyes? How have you used your ears? Have you tested everything? Uh, When uh, uh, something pops up on the computer, uh, uh, are you testing it by the word of God? Do you hold it up and say, now, does this please Jesus for me to look at? And if it does, you hold fast to it. 
And if it's evil in God's sight, you do what? You turn away from it. You say, that's not something I'm going to look at. Uh, the same thing with a song. Uh, when you hear a song, uh, uh, are you testing it by God's yardstick? Uh, test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Well, let's look at another uh, example for us. Let's go over to the book of Genesis chapter 39. And here we have a, a testimony of a fellow, a young man by the name of Joseph. Uh, Joseph has had what we would say is kind of a, a hard time. Uh, a, a rough chapter in his life where things have come to a head with the conflict with his brothers and they conspire to murder him. And they see him coming and they grab him, rough him up, and throw him in a pit. And they're talking about how they're going to destroy him. And they see some Midianite traders, a caravan coming along. And they say, hey, let's, let's not actually have his blood on our hands. Uh, let's just sell him as a slave. That'll be even better. Uh, his blood won't be on our hands. We'll be rid of him. Um, and they came up with this insidious lie. They took his fancy cloak that his daddy had given him. Uh, they killed a lamb. They smeared the lamb's blood on it and take it home and, and say, you know, daddy, we've, you know. And, and they watch old Jacob grieve and mourn day after day, month after month. And they think the kid brother, he's gone. He's probably dead by this point. Well, Joseph is sold. God is with him. Uh, Emmanuel. Uh, he becomes the steward over Potiphar's house. But his troubles aren't over. Uh, Potiphar's wife looks at this handsome young man and she decides she wants him. And so she comes after him day in, day out. And Joseph, uh, he says what? Well, look at Genesis 39, verse 6. So he left Potiphar all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you. Because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? 
Here's an example of a man who's testing everything. Would it be good for me to listen to the enticement of this woman? And he tested it. And he said, nope, this is not good in God's sight. This is evil. And so what did he do? He abstained. He said, no, I'm not going to do this. And that's what God wants us. That's what it looks like to be testing everything and to hold fast to what is good and to abstain from every form of evil. God calls us to be taking the word of God in what we think, what we see, in our actions, and to put it in practice. We have another example recorded for us in Holy Scripture, a a king, a godly king, a man who is described overall as a man after God's own heart. His name was King David. And you can read about this one incident in his life that is a glaring example of him refusing to do what our text, what God instructs us and has all through the centuries to do, to test everything, to hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. And David, he is not testing everything. Uh, In the time, the spring of the year, when kings go out to battle, what is David doing? He's shirking his responsibility and he is back at the palace and he looks from his palace and he sees a beautiful woman. He goes and finds her name and lo and behold, she is the wife of one of David's mighty men, one of his trusted bodyguards, um, Uriah the Hittite. And he sends word. He doesn't test. Is this a good idea? God, do you want me to send for this woman? David was a married man. He had no right to go after anyone. And it was doubly horrible because the one he is going after, she was married. Test everything. Hold fast what is good. Another example is the servant of Elisha. Uh, God had healed a Syrian general by the name of Naaman. And you can read about this in 2 Kings chapter 5. And Naaman had been healed of leprosy. And Naaman wanted to reward Elisha. I mean, he's, he's well. He can go home and hug uh, his, his family for the first time since he got leprosy. He doesn't have to live at a distance anymore. He's a happy man. Uh, he wants to reward Elisha, and Elisha said, Nope, this is God's grace. It's not for sale. Uh, he, he, you go home and, and serve the Lord. Well, uh, Gehazi watches all of this and, and, and he thinks to himself, what a waste. 
I got to do something about this. I think it would really help my retirement portfolio for me to take advantage of this situation. And so Gehazi comes up with this idea that he's going to run after this man after he's out of sight. Elisha won't know what harm could it bring. And so Gehazi runs after him and says, first of all, a lie. My master has changed his mind. And he, he would uh, enjoy, you know, some of your goodies. And so Naaman showers him with riches. And Gehazi, he returns, he hides them, and he comes in and meets Elisha. And Elisha says, what you been doing? And Gehazi lies again. He didn't test everything. He didn't hold up his plan to the word of God. He didn't hold up his temptation to lie to the word of God. And there are people who are in positions of, of influence or you may have access to funds in the place where you work and you may be tempted. You know, nobody will know. I could help myself a little bit. But there's a God in heaven who sees there's a God who says, test everything. Hold fast what is good. What was the outcome for Gehazi? Elisha said, the leprosy that was on Naaman will be on you. And you can't be healed. Well, let's think about applying this to families we've thought about individuals god calls of us calls upon us to be those who as individuals follow jesus and we learn what is pleasing to him and we want to bear the fruit of the spirit what about families is marriage good I mean, we're living in a culture where there are a growing number of Couples who have decided, you know, I'm just not going to get married. Uh, recently, there was a, 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 a Pew uh, um, research that was done. And in two decades, there were six million unmarried couples in this country. Okay? You know what the, the, the number is as of last year, 2022? 17 million. That number has nearly tripled in two decades. And statistically, there is no difference between professing Christians and non-Christians on the statistics of couples who are living together but not married. Now, the, the answer, why, how could that be is people are not testing everything. Is marriage good? Well, what does God's Word say? And God is the one who created and invented marriage. 
his definition of marriage, it wasn't Adam and Steve, it was Adam and Eve. And God said that Adam and Eve now are joined together. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Parents are being assaulted in this day and time with all kinds of craziness. The transgender movement. Can people change whether they're a, a man or a woman? And it's insanity. The Lord made them from the beginning male and female. And the Lord Jesus quoted in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 in Matthew chapter 19 and tells us, For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. What God has joined together, let not man put asunder. We need to be testing everything by the word of God. Just from the standpoint of biology, the DNA cannot be changed that God Almighty has created. God says that he made us. He formed us. He fashioned us to either be a man, a male, a husband, or a woman, a female, a wife. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. As we live in our families, when somebody does wrong, uh, what are we going to do? Are we going to address that wrong in God's kind of way uh, and uh, show the mercy and the love that Jesus has given to us and, and forgive as God has forgiven us in Christ Jesus? Uh, or will we hold on and grow bitter and hard? Uh, and uh, cancers grow and destroy families. Oh, may God awaken us to test everything and to hold fast what is good and abstain from every form of evil. Your mom, your dad may be asking you to do something. It may be a, a, a school project. It may be that they're concerned about a, a, a particular friend that you uh, uh, would love to have. And your mom and dad have said, no. What are you going to do? Test everything. Hold fast to what God says is good. Abstain from every form of evil. The Lord tells us in Proverbs 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. 
The Lord tells us, test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Well, let's think about applying this to the church. Uh, God has given us his word. And he tells us, what are we going to believe? What should the church be believing and preaching? And God calls upon us to test everything, to hold fast what is good, to abstain from every form of evil. We are to hold up to the Bible what is being taught. Is it what God says? What we believe, what we practice, we are living in a day and an age where there is great rebellion against the living God. It is tragic that we have uh, so-called pastors and churches uh, uh, stepping forward now and advocating that homosexuality uh, is fine. But that is not what God says. Test everything. Hold fast to what is good. And we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Test everything. And so God says that if someone is caught in the web drunkenness or the web of homosexuality, Jesus has the power to not only forgive you, but to change you. Praise God. Test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Lastly, think about civil government. And we saw last Lord's Day evening that King Hezekiah was a godly king. One of the things he did was he made plans on how to defend Jerusalem. And that's what civil leaders, that's their main job. That's what God says they ought to be doing. And we looked at Romans chapter 13 where the civil magistrate has the sword, the literal sword, not the sword of the spirit, but the literal sword to wield, to be a terror to evildoers and to protect those who are doing good. We live in a country uh, where our civil leaders uh, are not testing everything and holding fast to what is good and abstaining from every form of evil. Uh, The fentanyl crisis, and it's touched families, even in our own church family. Uh, There have been 
uh, uh, people who have died that we know because uh, our civil leaders for many, many years have not been protecting our land. Test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Well, the Lord Jesus, he is the fountain of life. Uh, How are we going to have a a heart, a family, a church, uh, all of the institutions of our land? It's only as people come to know the Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, and have a, a heart that wants to learn from Holy Scripture what is pleasing to him. Only then can we uh, employ these instructions to our benefit to test everything, to hold fast what is good, to abstain from every form of evil. Uh, If you uh, have disobeyed your parents this past week, have you uh, uh, asked their forgiveness? Uh, Have you gone to them and said, look, uh, when I acted that way, when I spoke that way, that wasn't pleasing in God's sight. That's what it looks like. Uh, If there's something between husband and wife, if you've gone to each other and humbled yourself and said, look, I I was wrong to have said that. I was wrong to have treated you that way. Please forgive me. Uh, In our church family, uh, uh, are there issues Uh, that are outstanding between you and and anyone. Oh, may God bless us to be those who test everything and hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. Amen. Father, we beg that you would write uh, these instructions upon our hearts as your little children. In you, Lord Jesus, that you would take us by the hand and you would lead us in your paths and grow us to have more of closeness to you and to one another for your praise. Bless now as we sing and as we conclude our worship together today. In Jesus we pray. Amen.